So why do Americans choose health care options that cost more but may not even do more or be in the best interests of their own health? It's part of a troubling phenomena researchers are calling the behavioral economics to healthcare. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Bob Neese. Dr. Neese is vice president and chief scientist for Express Scripts, one of the nation's largest managers of pharmacy benefits. Prior to joining Express Scripts, Neese was an associate professor of internal medicine at Washington University in St. Louis and on the faculty at the Dartmouth Medical School. He is the past president of the Society for Medical Decision Making, has served as a section member for the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and is a reviewer for a number of professional journals. He currently retains an adjunct appointment at the Washington University School of Medicine, as well as the School of Public Health at St. Louis University. Dr. Neese joins us today from his offices in St. Louis, Missouri. Dr. Neese, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you very much, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you. I know you've been out with some of your colleagues as part of a national tour, as it were, and you've been conducting a series of regional and national symposia called Ignite 09 that are trying to develop a framework for applying behavioral economics to healthcare. So give us some background on this and why it's so important today. That's right. We've had three symposia. The kickoff was in Washington, D.C., and then we had two more symposia. One was in San Francisco and the other in Chicago. The challenge that we face is really a behavioral challenge when it comes down to health care. And as you noted in the introduction, many of us are making decisions that cost a lot of money but don't produce better outcomes. And I think we've all seen the data, both internationally and within the country, that there's often very little correlation, surprisingly, between the resources that are deployed and the health outcomes that ensue. So we think that this is the time, now more than ever, to bring about this convergence of behavioral economics, which is really a very practical way of looking at how people actually make decisions and issues in healthcare. Well, in your research, can you tell our listeners about why do people choose healthcare options that cost more but don't necessarily do more? It's fascinating, isn't it? And it's probably not as simple as what I'm about to tell you, but the effect that I'm going to mention is an important one in those decisions. When people are making decisions outside of their area of comfort or expertise, they often use heuristics or rules of thumb. And these are things that often get the job done in you know, a pretty satisfactory way, but sometimes lead us astray as well. So let me give you a practical example. When I was courting my wife, I didn't really know that much about wine. I still don't probably know that much about it, but I really didn't know anything at all about it back then. And so as a result, I used the cost of the wine as a surrogate for the quality. And, you know, maybe at the ends of the spectrum, really, really cheap wine or really, really expensive wine, that might be a good rule of thumb. But for most wines that you'd buy at a store, the connection is actually quite soft. And so it's much better to get a recommendation from somebody who's had a, you know, one wine or another or even an expert or obviously if you've tasted some wine yourself. The rule of thumb that assumes that quality goes up as cost goes up really doesn't hold much of the time in healthcare. And so it's probably the use of that rule of thumb that's driving a lot of this behavior. 
Well, that's interesting because you think about it. I mean, a lot of people get enamored with hospitals, for example, because, oh, they've got a new building or they have some sort of academic title when in reality, maybe they just happen to be the wealthiest hospital in town because they've charged so much or something. It could very well be, Bruce. Do you find that a lot in your research? Well, what's interesting, you know, so we're a pharmacy benefits management company, and so I spend most of my time in terms of these applications around the use of prescription drugs. We do see it with branded products. People seem to be more enamored of branded medications than generic medications. But as you know, every generic medication at one point or another was a branded product. And Generics offer tremendous value in terms of health outcomes at, you know, a fraction of the cost of branded products. Obviously, individual patients would talk to their physician about which drugs are suitable, but the underuse of generic medications or the overuse of branded products is costing all of us in the United States about $42 billion a year, and we're getting absolutely nothing from it in terms of additional health benefits. So that's the kind of thing that we see in the pharmacy benefit. And as we know, especially in the drug arena, the pharmaceutical companies spend a lot of money on advertising and you know drug reps, and they're all pushing branded products that the generics don't spend that kind of money. So why do some health communications resonate like this? And then there are also those that fail. Yeah, it's really interesting. My formal training is really more in how people ought to make decisions, which is very rational. You assess the facts, the probabilities of this happening or that happening, and then you account for how you feel about different events happening. And you put that all together and you can get a good sense of what you ought to do. People are, of course, not wired that way. The human brain is an organ that has evolved over time like every other organ in our body. And in many ways, because our environment has changed faster than evolution can keep up with, our brains are stuck, you know, in a time long ago and a place far away. And that means that our brains are adapted for decisions that we don't often face. And so what that means is that, practically speaking, for example, people work a lot harder to avoid losses than to pursue gains. And that way of approaching things probably worked very well in an, an environment that was risky and dangerous in which we had to make decisions and behave very quickly. And for example, in our own work, we've found that people are much more responsive to a message that's framed as stop wasting money than they are framed around start saving money. So framing things as losses has a much bigger impact than framing them as gains. And I don't know that our health communications folks are aware of some of these powerful psychological principles that really often have outsized effects separate from the information content of the communications themselves. Well, can you give us an example of like this whole idea of the stop wasting versus the other thing that you'd mentioned? Right. So we communicate with tens of millions of our members every year around opportunities to drive waste out of the pharmacy benefit. And most members are in health plans where they're rewarded financially uh, when they make more cost-effective decisions. So co-payments for generic medications are generally lower than co-payments for brand medications and co-payments for members who get their maintenance medications through a home delivery pharmacy, for example, are often set up so that they are rewarded financially when they make those decisions as well. So we communicate with our members, our tens of millions of members, and in the past we've talked about saving money. You know, you could move from a retail pharmacy to a home delivery pharmacy and save money. And what we're finding is instead if we change that language to, you know, you're wasting money or another uh, frame that we used is, you know, do you really have money to burn? And we had a picture of 
somebody with a handful of bills on, that were on fire. And, and these things are very, very effective. We can double the uh, response rate of these communications simply by changing the way we talk about things. When you have tens of millions of members and hundreds of millions of prescription claims that we process every year, doubling an effect like that is quite a big deal. It saves the members, the patients' money. It saves the plan sponsors' money. It's just something that we've got to get a better handle on in terms of driving waste out of the system. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host. And joining me today is Dr. Bob Neese. He's the Vice President and Chief Scientist at Express Scripts, which is one of the nation's largest managers of pharmacy benefits. And we're talking about this phenomena that they have been researching called behavioral economics to healthcare. And one question that I have, if we can pick up where we were before, why don't Americans always act in their best interests when it comes to their health? Because you would think, given the costs continue to rise, they pay more out of pocket, that they would be smarter shoppers now than perhaps ever before. But we don't always see that. And perhaps in your research, you see the same thing. You're absolutely right. And it's been a little humbling because I've seen this same sort of behavior in my own life as I've learned more about what drives human behavior. My family hears about it all the time. Let me give you an example of another sort of bad behavior that we're, or set of bad behaviors that we're starting to understand. So, you know, I know for a fact that I should get the oil changed in my car regularly, and I do, but I'm always late to get it changed. Now, in the period of time where I know I should be getting the oil changed, but I don't do it, I'm never saying you know, an oil change is a bad idea, or an oil change is going to cost me too much money, or I think an oil change is a ripoff. I'm never saying that. What I'm really saying is, you know, this is the right thing to do. I'll just do it later. I get into these cycles of procrastination. We see this in health behaviors as well. So some patients actually are quite good at taking their medications when they have pills in the bottle, and as they begin to run out, they say, oh, well, I better get a refill. I'll do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, and they say, oh, I better get a refill. I'll do that tomorrow. And they keep doing that, pretty soon they have this gap in care. We're beginning to understand the science behind procrastination. It's quite interesting. It has to do with the fact that people very steeply discount things that happen in the future, and they're very fixated on things that happen in the present. And almost all of the healthy behaviors that people want to engage in and that we want them to engage in involve costs and benefits where the costs occur up front and the benefits occur downstream. And so while we plan on engaging in good behaviors, like losing weight, exercising, stopping smoking, when it comes time to engage in those behaviors, the costs loom large because they're in the present, and the benefits are attenuated pretty significantly because they're in the future. And so we find ourselves in these cycles of procrastination in which we earnestly plan on doing the right thing. When it comes time to execute, we have a difficult time getting around to it. So those insights are actually extremely important as we create systems and structures and engineer choice architectures to help people behave in better ways. That, I think, is a fundamental challenge in healthcare, this idea of people discounting things steeply that happen in the future. Well, this is very interesting, too. And, and one thing I want to point out to our listeners is that this is not just something that Express Scripts, pharmacy benefit company, is doing. There are a lot of employers out there that are working on this. And can you shed any light on some of the things they're doing to perhaps change the behavioral economics of their workforce? Sure. Employers are very interested in this because up until now, the toolkit that the employers have had at their disposal to 
motivate behavior have been pretty coarse and not that sophisticated. So they could force their employees, for example, to get their medications in one place or another, or they could incentivize them with money. That stuff works, but it either is very disruptive for their employees or the effects are relatively meek. So a set of tools that allows you to get big improvements in behavior without forcing people to do things and without being too expensive is uh, attracting a lot of interest. Let me give you an example of an employer that used these techniques to great effect. This is Lowe's Home Improvement Company, the national company that most people are aware of. They had a home delivery utilization rate, which means the fraction of prescriptions that were filled through a mail-order pharmacy of about 14%. And they wanted to get their members to use the mail-order pharmacy to a greater degree. And that's for a variety of reasons. It saves Lowe's money, it saves the members' money, and medication adherence is better in home delivery as well, as well as the dispensing accuracy being higher. So lots of good reasons for people to use home delivery, and yet they didn't. So instead of either forcing their members to use home delivery or using a lot of financial incentives, which frankly would have been too expensive for them, they took a different approach. And it was really based around three things. The first thing was they weren't going to change any financial incentives at all. In other words, if a member stayed in retail, they would have paid the same copayment that they'd always paid. If a member moved to home delivery, they'd pay the copayment that they always would have paid if they'd moved to home delivery. So they didn't change their plan design or the financial incentives at all. The second thing they did was simply ask members where they wanted to get their prescription drugs, and employees were required to say, yes, I want to stay in retail or I'd like to move to home delivery. And then finally, the third thing was the patients that said they wanted to move to home delivery were offered assistance in making that move. So the PBM, in this case, Express Scripts, would reach out to the doctor if the patient asked us to. We'd get the prescription and let the patient know when the drug had been moved. And those three things alone, no change in plan design, fully voluntary on the member's part, simply asking patients where they want to get their medications and helping them get there, nearly tripled the use of home delivery in a period of about 12 weeks. So this is a profound improvement. It saved Lowe's and their employees millions of dollars in 2009 alone. And this program is the fastest moving program really in the history of Express Script. So hopefully that gives you some sense of the power of these tools and why, frankly, so many folks were interested in and Ignite 09 and the application of behavioral economics to healthcare. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Bob Neese, who's been our guest. He's the vice president and chief scientist of Express Scripts, one of the nation's largest managers of pharmacy benefits. And we've been talking about this phenomenon of behavioral and economics to healthcare. It's letting people choose their healthcare options so it doesn't cost more, so they're more educated about what they are purchasing and making better decisions about their health. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.